Welcome back everybody. This is Eric and Barry from Moss Pond and Gun. Got another gun gripe for you today. Uh, before we get started with today's topic, I do want to mention a uh, little promotion that Bravo Concealment's running. If you guys are interested in winning a free holster and a mag holder, go over to Bravo Concealment's Facebook page, like their page, and mention Iraq Veteran 8888 uh, somewhere on their page, like in a comment, and uh, you'll be entered for a chance to win a uh, holster of your choice from Bravo Concealment and some other goodies. Now, uh, be sure to check them out. What we're going to be talking about today is a very serious issue, okay? And we've, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of these anti-gun bills kind of rolling down the pipeline. I know we talked about the other one a few weeks ago, uh, but this is another one that's been brought to my attention that uh, we definitely would need to know about. And it's a section of H.R. 3018, uh, the Gun Violence Prevention and Safe Communities Act, that deals in the tax on ammunition and the uh, higher tax on guns. And, uh, you know, it's just really crazy uh, what's going on with that. Uh, Barry, you care to elaborate? I mean, what do you think about, uh, about that? Well, this, uh, this act was proposed by Danny Davis of Illinois and Bill Pascal of New Jersey, two Democrats, of course, okay. to amend the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 to increase the excise tax and special occupational tax in respect to firearms and to increase the transfer tax of any other weapon. Now, what they proposed... If you want an NFA item, it's going to go from 200 to 500. They're proposing a 50% uh, uh, tax on ammunition, cartridges, and a 20% tax on guns, rifles, shotguns, anything like that. But they want to raise the NFA tax to $500, which everybody knows that no registered NFA weapon is used in crime. Of course not. This is only to get money. Now, they're saying this is to fund a program. Uh, the extra tax money is going for law enforcement to implement new special programs and so on and so forth. And uh, they keep talking about this gun violence is just epidemic in this country, uh, in Chicago especially, and where they have the tightest gun control already. All this is to get more money out of you and I. It has nothing to do with violence. It has nothing to do with crime prevention. This is to get more tax money out of us. That's all the Democrats seem to know how to do is tax and spend. So now they're going to they're going to tax your guns and ammo. Now they're saying that later in this article, this thing will probably be defeated. Oh yeah. But if they go after 50% increase, they might get 10, they might get 15, they might get 20. It's all in increments. But this is just another way to get money out of the law-abiding citizen. A criminal. This is not going to make guns any easier, any uh, more difficult to steal. Right. And the criminal's not going <laughs> to be paying a tax on guns. Crime will go up. Theft will go up. Burglaries will go up. Uh, this is nothing more than just a bunch of fluff that they always try to shove down our throats. Well, Barry, I think that it also goes uh, into a couple of different areas as well. Not only is it a way for them to gain bogus tax revenue that they're gaining off of our hard-earned backs, you know, the people that work mm -hmm. hard and pay their fair share and, and really pay their taxes. It's just one more tax to reach in your back pocket and steal from you. Past that point, I think what it also does is it really just um, it really just disenfranchises a larger group of Americans? I mean, let's think about it. You know, in this economy, two hundred dollars for a tax stamp is no small chunk of money. I mean, they're talking about okay, they want to make uh, room for inflation and everything. Well, damn, stop the inflation, stop printing money out of nothing with nothing to back it up. You know, if they stop the inflation, they won't have to raise taxes. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway. The thing that stinks about it is, is it does disenfranchise a group of Americans. I mean, somebody that might have been on the fence about buying a gun. All right, that group of people, which is a very large group of people, uh, with all this talk of the most recent uh, gun ban that they've been 
uh, discussing and everything, it can uh, make people start to think, well, dang, maybe I should buy a gun. Well, if they come up with this thing and try to get an extra 20% out of you, that might disinclude a large range of people that were on the fence, but now they're like, well, 20% tax, maybe I can't afford it, maybe it's just not worth it. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to create a larger group of Americans that are disenfranchised from being able to exercise their constitutional rights um, just by making the cost higher. And that's the whole thing about the NFA. You know, they're not saying it's illegal to own fire, uh, full auto firearms and machine guns and stuff like this, but the fact that a law enforcement agency can buy an MP5 for two grand, but then I have to pay 25 grand for one, you know, just, I mean, they're saying I can own it, but that I got to pay 25 grand for it just because they're going to regulate them to death. And ultimately, if we allow these things to happen, that's what's going to happen with all the guns. Well, what would happen here? If there's any chance of this passing, now we're already getting over the crunch, the Obama crunch, we're now getting ammo and guns back in here, this is going to cause another panic buy. Why would I wait a year from now and pay 50% tax on ammo when I can buy it now? So it's only going to cause another crunch on the firearms industry. Ammunition companies cannot keep up. We had a friend coming here the other day buying reloading component. He called Hodgdon, he called uh, Alliant, he called all these reloading places, and they said, sir, we are, we are making powder as fast as we can make it 24-7. In fact, Hodgson is going to open up a new factory to keep up with this demand. And now this is just only going to add fuel to the fire. Uh, if you can buy ammunition and guns, the chance of this passing are, you know, it could, but it's not going to pass to this extent. But there again, people are going to go buy when they can. If you buy ammunition now, it's never going to be worth less than you pay for it. Right. Your money in the bank is going to be worth less a year from now. Well, you know, here's the thing that, that gets me so much about an ammo tax is what's to stop? I mean, now I realize that would probably charge, you know, like gun stores at the distributor level. We would have to pay that tax when we bought the ammo. But here's the thing. I mean, what's to stop me from getting a Dillon 1050 XL and loading up 50,000 rounds of 9mm and selling it to my buddies? You know, the thing is, is like you can't trace ammo. So to tax ammo at some higher rate just because you're being a dickhead and you want to try to get more money out of us, I just don't see how that's viable. How can they enforce it? How do they know where every little round of ammunition is? It's not like it's serial numbered. It's not like it's tracked. It's not like it's registered. So to me, it's like, I mean, think about it. You know, back in the day during Prohibition, when alcohol was illegal, what did people do? They made their own alcohol. I mean, it's the same thing. You can't prohibit something out of existence by taxing it to death, you know, then we start getting back into like the reason this country was founded in the first place. Illegal taxation without representation. I mean, if we're getting taxed to hell and back on all of these products, this is blatantly a, a punch at the gun industry and a punch at gun owners. It's okay for the Obamas to arm Muslim, you know, Muslim extremists, but yet it's okay for them to disarm Americans? Come on, please. And to furthermore, you look at this executive order, this is well, another piece of, uh, of garbage that's coming down the pipeline. Let me mm -hmm. add this here. At the, at the direction of President Obama, the CDC, uh, Center for Disease Control, recently published results of a study on firearm violence, and their findings were that uh, accidental discharges and mass shootings are actually down and represent only a tiny fraction of firearm deaths. They go on to say, that the majority of firearm-related deaths are actually suicides, according to the CDC. So they're going after somebody who is not doing anything wrong. To make matters worse, Barry, 
what they're also doing is, and this has been on the chopping block for quite a while. This is an, another piece of, uh, of bogus crap that's, that's kind of being laid on our laps. But Obama is wanting to sign this executive order that's basically going to prevent the importation of many surplus weapons, parts kits, foreign-made guns. He's basically wanting to take the Clinton ban that uh, prevented all of the Norinco products from coming in back in the 90s, and he's trying to expand that to include like Ishmash and CZ and all these places, you know, FN Herschel, anywhere that's made overseas, they want to prevent those guns from being brought in the country. They want to prevent parts kits uh, because a lot of these, you know, quality AK variants and some of the other guns that are made here, they are made on, uh, on imported parts kits uh, that are brought in to specification. And it would also prevent the importation of many surplus guns. I mean, that would cut off the Mosins, that would cut off all the uh, random infields they find everywhere now. I mean, just all the foreign guns that are coming in, caches or caches of random guns, it would prevent all of that stuff from coming in. And furthermore, there is a lot of, let's see, there's some U.S. surplus weapons that were manufactured 50 or more years ago, which I think they sent a bunch of carbines and garands to Korea. Korea. And those guns are uh, slotted to come back in. And there was a bunch of excitement in the gun industry where people were like, wow, we're going to get some new surplus grands in, mm -hmm. you know, back from overseas. And, of course, this happened when the Danes uh, sent back a lot of the Danish uh, Lind guns uh, that we got back. There was a big influx of those coming through the CMP. Uh, now we're finding that the U.S. government is trying to curtail the efforts uh, of getting those guns back. I mean, those are historical guns that need to be in the hands of law-abiding citizens here in the country. Mm -hmm. The Obamas have denied the import, uh, you know, tariffs on it under the guise that, oh, these are military weapons that could fall into the hands of criminals. Well, you're, you're basically calling me a criminal because we're the only people that are going to get them. I mean, if a thief wants a gun, he's just going to go steal it. Yeah. I mean, and the kind of gun they want to ban from importation is not anything a criminal would want. Right. A criminal's not going to get an M1 Garand and go commit a crime with it, or a Springfield uh, 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 1903. Or an M1 carbine, which... Or a Mauser. I mean, now, another thing Eric and I have mentioned uh, in our last gun tour, they're making Glocks here now. Now, Glock may have got some wind of this. You know, they're saying surplus firearms, but this uh, Glock is imported. Okay? Right. They're talking anything. So important. they're making them here now. Maybe Glock knows something we don't know. Well, you know, um, it, it's just basically the point you want to bring this stuff up is that they're always snakes in the grass, yeah. all right? And you have got to watch these people because they will strip your rights from you. And they're already doing it on a daily basis in the form of all their socialist crap they're shoving down our throats through executive order, and, you know, they're not getting approval from the right people. And if Obama, you know, approves this, this uh, import regulation uh, executive order, if it does come down in that way without the approval of Congress, which... You know, I guess he can sign anything he wants, but at the end of the day, you know, a, a law can't become law without approval from Congress, right? Right. So, you know, the thing is, is it really stinks that this is on their mind. I mean, right now we've got this crap with Syria going on. We've got pokers in the fire all over the world, and yet the only thing they can think about is how to disarm us. And then they're turning around and they're arming these people around the world to fight. It, it just doesn't make sense how that rationale fits in. I mean, th their intentions cannot be for the better of, of, of you and me. No. It just can't be. It can't, it can't do us any good. Right. All they do is want to tax and... and you know, think, think about the effect that this bill, you know, think about the effects of H.R. 3018, what it would have on the gun industry. People that make ammunition for a living, people that make guns. 
I mean, do you think for one minute that those firearms manufacturers are just going to eat that 20%? No, they're going to trickle it down to Joe Blow. They're going to charge it to the distributors. Then the distributors are going to upcharge an extra 7%. Mm -hmm. And then the gun store is going to have to upcharge 5 or 6%. And before you know it, Joe Blow American is paying 40% extra than what he should be paying. And, and that's right. how it works. It trickles down. Well, like Eric said, keep your eyes on this stuff and be forewarned that uh, we, we've made predictions before, and I've been wrong. I thought some of the gun bans would pass, and they didn't. To, lo and behold, there must be hope for America yet. Well, However, you get keep your eyes on this, and if you see this coming, you need to go out and buy ammunition. You need to buy it now and store it away. We've already talked about long-term storage of ammunition. Prepare yourself now to so save you money down the road. I agree, and you know, and the last thing that we would ever want to do with these videos is to, to make people become fearful. All right, we're not trying to invoke fear. All we want to do is make sure people are prepared and that they can enjoy their liberties down the road. I mean, if right. a 50% tax comes down, which it probably won't, but if it does, I mean, that's going to disenfranchise a large group of people that might have been able to afford to shoot and take little Johnny out to practice, but now can't. Right. And that's very, very unfortunate. And, and another thing, Eric, people, you know, you have to look at the recreational side of firearms a lot. And when I was growing up, my dad took us out shooting. We had fun. We mm -hmm. could go plink all day with 22. You can't do that anymore. Can't you can't it. do that. You cannot afford it. Well, you can't even get the ammo right now. Right. If you wanted to, if you could afford it, you couldn't go because uh -huh. you, can, you can't get the ammunition. And, you know, it's, it's really just disenfranchising. Again, I know I use that word all the time, but... It, it is so true that a large group of Americans, I mean, do we really want to see ourselves to where a generation of Americans is growing up not knowing the joy of experiencing what it means to be a lawful firearms owner in the United States? Does little Johnny have to grow up being a criminal because he wants to own an AR-15? And the answer is no. It's just not, it's not how we are. I mean, we are a nation of gun owners. We are a nation of people that love our freedom. And for some government person, again, and I keep going back to this, but for some people to sit behind a desk and with the stroke of a pen make someone a criminal or illegally tax you just because they can, I mean, when is enough enough? Is, when is enough going to be enough? And, you know, that's my question. Well, what we're going to have to do, folks, is in the future, if ammunition prices go up and you can't afford to shoot, we're going to have to go back to being a nation of riflemen again. A rifleman doesn't need a lot of ammunition. A rifleman could get by with a little bit of ammunition. We can't go out and play anymore. We can't go out and, you know, have fun and spray and pray and all that kind of have, have fun with it because you can't afford it. You're gonna have to make your, you're gonna have to make your practice training. Right, right. Every round of ammunition that I fire nowadays, I think about it before I pull that trigger. And you need to learn from every round of ammunition you fire. You need, you don't need to go out and just blow ammunition like I used to do. I mean, we. Well, we do. Yeah, I know. We get we rid do. of a lot on this YouTube page. But, but there again, we're learning something. We are. It's not all just for kicks and giggles. We're trying to learn something and trying to teach people something. And uh, ammunition now is, uh, <laughs> I was in a store the other day and I heard them over there counting something. I thought they were counting money and they were, they were taking big boxes of nine millimeter and sacking them up 50 at a time. And I said, I thought y'all were counting money. And the guy said, we are. This is money. This is a sack of money here. I know. But that's what we have to do sometimes. We have to buy ammunition in bulk and we split it up, sell it 50 round boxes. Because everybody can't afford a whole case of nine millimeter, but they can afford a box. So we, we buy it in bulk when we can and we bag it up. And that's what we do. Well, people, you know, the main thing we want to drive home in this video is keep 
an eye out. You've got to be vigilant of these things. Absolutely. There's actually a couple of YouTubers that brought this stuff to my attention again. I'd kind of forgotten about it, but uh, anyway, uh, check the links below for more information if you want to read up on some of these articles. And uh, always, always write your senators, write your congressmen, make your voice be heard because if you just sit by on the sidelines, they're going to strip your rights away one at a time. It's going to take them time, but you know they're going to do everything in their power to take your rights away. And um, it's very important that we, you know, maintain a nation of free people, you know, sovereignty, and you know, independence, and you know, Second Amendment rights. We have to, you know, keep our heritage alive. And part of that heritage is a heritage of defiance. Your your Second Amendment rights are there in case you must defy. And you can't let them strip those rights away. You let them erode your rights, and you'll be half the citizen. So we appreciate you watching, and uh, we have more of these gripes on the way. We're glad you like them, and thanks for tuning in tonight. Well, in closing, though, let me make one more comment. I may okay. quote this wrong, but the only thing it takes for evil to win is for good men and women to do nothing. If you sit by and do nothing, they will win. They will win because they were hammering away at this day and night. They never sleep. And we can't sit back and be complacent with this. And, you know, we're not rabble-rousers, nothing like that. I'm just trying to say I'm an yeah, American. We are. I am an American, and I'm, they're not going to take my rights away like that. It's bottom line. So, uh, in closing with that, folks, I hope you all have enjoyed this gripe. I know it probably upsets some of you, but that's what it's all about, to get you thinking. And let this, let this sink in when you go to bed tonight. Let it sink in, and... Uh, I think you might feel a little different about your country in the morning. So you need to write your congressman, call them, bug the hell out of them, whatever you have to do, but let them know that you're that you're going to ride their ass if they if they start this stuff. Spot on, Barry. All right, guys, have a good one. Have a good one. Y'all have a good evening.